millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. G'day guys, I was lucky enough to be invited on the Surly Talk Sport podcast earlier this week. We did a quick review of everything that happened in the prelim finals, deep dive into all those games, and then a little preview of the NRL Grand Final coming up this week. Uh, Surly Talk Sport's a fantastic podcast, really did enjoy this one. Make sure you go and check them out. This podcast is also available on their platform, so if you'd rather go and support him, I highly advise it. Get around everyone that's making content at the moment, guys. I'm going to hand it over now to a sensational chat with the champion bloke. It was a massive weekend in the NRL world, two unreal games of preliminary finals footy and then of course the big dance this weekend, the big one, so I thought who better to get on than the man himself, the rugby league guru, to talk some finals footy. Cheers for joining us mate. Thanks for having me on mate, I really do appreciate it and uh, fuck what a week it was eh, that was unreal eh, I don't know about you but I did not see the Melbourne Storm bowing out this week at all. Crazy. Crazy results. It was bloody good. Let's get straight into the first game from last week, the Friday night. Bit of a blockbuster to kick us off. Manly versus the Bunnies, uh, with Souths getting a dominant win, 36-16. to 16. We had a bit of drama before the game even kicked off. The old Manly bus was late. But then once the game got underway, she was all Souths. What did you think of Friday night's game, bro? Yeah, mate, it was funny. Obviously, that, that bus was running late. People will remember in the 2014 Grand Final, Des Hazel's bus was actually late uh, that night too as well. So um, there was a bit of an omen there early. Oh, I'm a big... Uh I'm a big lover of omens, and it was there early. Uh, I thought South Sydney were going to win, but, geez, I thought South Sydney were going to win off the back of Adam Reynolds' kicking game, and, I mean, he he, he was hobbling around. He hardly kicked. So for South Sydney to win that game without, in my opinion, their, their, their best attacking strike weapon really was incredible. I was very surprised at Taff, man. Like He, he really stepped up and, and played a great game, especially off the tee. And I just love how... 
how he returns the ball so aggressively off kicks. Like, he gets their set started in such great field position. That's the other thing about Taft, mate. If, if, for people that have only watched him this year, essentially, I mean, he's always grown up as a halfback. He's always been a seven. So yeah, right. I, I still don't even think fullback is his natural position, which sounds crazy when you watch him play rugby league at the moment. But uh, I think he was a big reason why not that they were happy to let Adam Reynolds go, but why they could cop letting Adam Reynolds go because they had a kid like him in the system. So he's got a massive future, mate. And for him to come in and do what he's done, I... I, I I just I put the red sharpie through them as soon as Latrell Mitchell got suspended. I just I have never been more happy to be wrong, but I just couldn't see them doing it. To be honest with you, I ditto, and I think everyone else did as well. For me, a key turning point in that game quite, came quite early. Moses Sully with the obstruction was the correct call, and it led to Ruben Garrick's try being ruled out. But that would have made it six all after. a pretty dominant start from Sal. So where do you think it went wrong for Manly and and were there any other turning points in that first half, you thought? No, mate, I thought that one was probably the biggest one. It would have been a very interesting game if that went their way. We know what the Manly Seagulls are like. They're a side that once they get on a roll, they're hard to stop. And we know that the South Sydney Rabbitohs, once the opposition gets on a roll, they, they, they struggle to stop momentum. So would have made that game very interesting. It was the right call by the book. I think that Rugby league fans, outside of South Sydney fans, probably don't agree with it. Uh, you know, he probably, Moses Sully didn't have a great impact on that play, but you can't run at the inside shoulder. These guys know this. Uh, they have to train for this. They have to train for going through holes, going through the line. It, it still shocks me the amount of times that these guys run these decoys. They create space, but then they just run into shoulders or they stop in the line. It just... I don't know, it puzzles me how often this happens and how coaches aren't more on top of this. I know it all happens very quickly and whatnot, but I thought that was a turning point. I also thought the the Tom Trevojevic try where he had the ball stripped, mate, massive. A huge play from South Sydney. Um, I mean, we've watched Turbo cross the stripe like that probably 10 or 15 times just with brute power this year. And for them to manage to get their hands on the ball and, and rip it out, you, you just don't expect that sort of stuff to happen to a player like Tom Trevojevic on the big stage. So... Yeah, mate, I thought those two plays were huge, to be honest with you. And Cody Walker, his form this year, been outstanding. His energy and just his desire to win, you can really see it coming through the screens. He's a massive competitor. Who else stood for you? Who else stood out for you in that sales performance? Uh, the same guy that stands out for me week in, week out, Cam Murray. Uh, yeah. I mean, if he's not the best forward in the game, he has to be a top three forward in the game. I think we... We obviously get a little bit carried away with guys like Payne Haas and like the bigger bodies, David Fafita, these sort of guys. But, mate, what Cam Murray does week in, week out, he just... I always talk about on my podcast, winning and losing contests. Every single tackle is a contest, and he just never loses. He is always on his elbows and knees. He always gets the opposition onto their back. He's just... He's worth about six or seven seconds every single set, whether you've got the ball or whether he's in defense, which... In the modern game where it's all about momentum and getting on the front foot, mate, that is just so valuable. I know people love Cam Murray, but I still think he is criminally underrated in our game. Have to agree with you there. He's always a standout for sure, and he's got the locks to go with it as well, the complete package, that bloke. Fuck, I've seen worse-looking blokes. Saw one in the mirror this morning just quietly. <laughs> oh, he does well for himself. He's grub up all right. So Manly season comes to an end. Obviously, they won't be happy with that finish, but... Given the start, 0-4, to make the prelims, you'd have to think on reflection they'd be reasonably happy with that. Yeah, I think they would be, mate, all things considered. I mean, they, they still finished this season without beating a team that finished higher than them on the ladder. 
So still disappointing. Yeah. Um, obviously, Ryan Girdler made the call that they're flat track bullies a couple of weeks ago and copped a heap of criticism for it. But, uh, geez, I'll tell you what. I mean, is the writing on the wall was 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 Gerd's right? It's uh, you, you can definitely make a, a pretty good argument for it. Uh, but I, I thought their season was unreal. I, I loved watching it. I, I you know everyone talks about Turbo all season, which was great. I love seeing Kieran Foran back there. There's just yeah. There's something special about rugby league when Foz is in that Manly jersey. Uh, you know, and I, I know we all hate Manly, but I think we all respect Kieran Foran and what he's done in his career and how much how much of a better footballer he is under Des and at the Manly Seagulls. So I love that narrative. I also love the two edge back rowers that came in this year. Josh Schuster, I spoke about him in the preseason. Um, I'm still not convinced he's a back rower. I think he will be a six long term. Um, but then the other guy that appeared, Olakuatu, I mean, wow, he just... He blew it away this year. He was so impressive. And I think people forget, it sort of went viral uh, in NRL circles at the start of the year. There was a guy that was playing for Manly Reserve grade against North Sydney that his arm essentially snapped in half. And that was him. And that was about round four or five. Um, if, if you can get a hold of the footage, have a look at it. Ikevalu, he, he's the one that actually snaps his arm. And, mate, I remember right. watching that and thinking, that poor bastard, if that was me, I would never play handball again, let alone rugby league. And then... Yeah. Within six or eight weeks, he's back in first grade and arguably one of the most dominant back rowers in our game this year. Uh, a really special effort from those two. Yeah, crazy. Old Olakuatu's always good on the multi as well. Anytime, oh, anytime jam. Thank that. you. Oh, bloody good. And then last night we got the news. Tommy T cleaned up at the Manly Awards night. Probably a surprise to no one. Players, player, try score award, MVP. What a year for Tommy Ray. The, the bloke's a freak. Yeah, mate, for sure. He's an absolute freak. I still think it's the best regular season we've ever seen from someone. Um, I declared it during the year that I think he's gone past Hayne and Barber, but now that he's gone, you know, one and two in the finals and those two fellas went to the grand final, it creates an interesting argument now which season was better. I, I, I would still go with Turbo because he went to Origin and he was the best player there as well across three games. Hainsey and Barber didn't do that in those seasons, so... Yeah, but, mate, I, I I, don't think we'll ever see a better purple patch. I know that we said that about Hainsey and about Barber as well, but the only guy that I think could have a better purple patch in the future, it is Tom Trevojevic himself if he manages to go to that level again. Um, it's scary, but it's going to be interesting. The narrative over the next few years, Turbo now, I think he's played four finals games. He's won one of them against the Roosters who yeah. are missing a heap of players. So it creates a really interesting narrative. And, I mean, they got belted in the first week of the finals. Then they got belted by South Sydney again. So, yeah, really interesting storyline with Turbo. We all love him. We love the sort of bloke he is. But, I mean, if this narrative had happened to some other guys that aren't as popular as Tom Trevojevic, it'd be a very different story, you know? Yeah, yeah, they would have been dismissed for sure. Yep. So, definitely an interesting point. And then in the second prelim final, we had the Storm taking on Penrith, repeat of last year's grand final. And to be fair, I, along with many, including yourself, predicted a similar result, but... Boy, did Penrith come to play. 10-6, they get the win. Huge upset. What was your thoughts on this game, bro? Mate, I don't reckon I had a conversation in the entire le week leading up to this game where Penrith won. I, I don't think I had a, a conversation where I even gave them a chance to win. I just thought that game against Parramatta, they looked exhausted. Uh, I think that if Parramatta would have had a genuine nine in their side, a, a genuine running threat at hooker, they would have cut the Panthers up. I just thought they would run out of gas and... But to Ivan Cleary and those Panthers boys, especially their forward pack that really stood up. Such an impressive performance. Obviously, the Melbourne Storm, they lost, lost Brandon Smith. They lost Christian Welsh, which meant that 
Yeah. You know, Nelson Osofa Solomona and Tui Kamakamika had to play big minutes, which they haven't done all year. Uh, up there in the heat in Brisbane as well, obviously played a role. But Melbourne Storm, they had their opportunities. They had so many opportunities, it was not even funny, and they just weren't able to take advantage of it. Um, yeah, it, it was like nothing I've seen before. I thought that, that first try that Penrith scored was unreal. Uh, Cleary kick from dummy half, that's obviously something that they've worked on during the week that they've picked out with the Panthers. And I remember watching that try and then... Tavita Pangai Jr., he went up to Christian Welsh and he pretty much grabbed him and he shook him. And I, and I sort of thought to myself, oh, fuck, here we go. Tavita's back to his old shit. They've been relevant for three or four minutes and now he's going to get ahead of himself, yeah. you know. But at the end of the game, I, I looked back at that moment and it sort of reminded me of, you know, what the Sharks used to do to the Melbourne Storm. They used to go and play them and give them no respect, just treat them like another footy side. And that's what I, I, I think has been the strength of the Melbourne Storm for so long that teams treat them with too much respect. If you can really get in their yeah. face and rattle their cages. I mean, the Roosters did it in 2018. The Sharks did it in 16. And Penrith Panthers, they did it the other day in a game that I gave them no hope in hell of winning. But they really did rattle them. Yes, they had guys get injured. I understand that. But I think Penrith got on the front foot early. And they just, yeah, they the, the, the Storm were underwater with their hand out. And Penrith put... A hose in their mouth. It was it was really impressive, mate. I didn't see it coming at all. And into the grand final this week, I'm sitting here going, can the Penrith Panthers get up again? But I was asking that last week and thinking they couldn't. So God knows, mate. It's going to be one hell of a week, though. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned it there, but I also had it noted as well. Guys like Luai, Fisher-Harris, you mentioned Tavita, just getting up under their skin. That was massive for me, man. And, and Penrith, they're really cut out to do that. They're a team full of blokes who are full of confidence. And boy... They can rub people the wrong way, but I personally love watching that and, and love watching them play. They took it to them. They needed to bring something out of the bag and shit, it worked for them. Oh, mate, and that's it. These, that's what I do love about this Penrith side. They are who they are and they own it. They really do represent their area. If you, you know, if, if you play junior footy, you know, up here in Sydney, and whenever you have to play one of the sides from out there, they're full of confidence. They're full of they're full of skillful players, and they're just full of tough guys that'll that'll let you know when they're on top of you. Um, that's what I love about this grand final, mate. you got the South Sydney Rabbitohs with so many local juniors. They genuinely represent where they come from. Same as the Penrith yeah. Panthers and Jerome Luai, Brian Toto. Um, you know, I was I was talking to the YKTR boys the other day. They made such a good point. They're like, when do you ever see guys do a post-game interview and they're on their own? They're never on their own. They're always hanging off each other. They're always on each other's shoulders. Uh, I still remember when James Tedesco did his pre-game interview for Origin I think it was two this year, and he was talking, and then in the background, here comes Jerome Luai and Brian Toto blaring the speakers like, these guys have played less than 50 first-grade games. They're in their second game of State of Origin, and they're, you know, mo- most blokes would be sitting on at the front of the bus quietly, just happy to be there. <clears throat> these guys are leading the party. It's just the sort of footballers they are. It's the sort of blokes they are, and it's been infectious, man. It's been unreal. Yeah, you got to love the energy. They've almost got that American sports. Well, that's what it is. It's it. it's rugby league becoming yeah. Americanized, and it's it's unreal to see. They're going to take it to that next level. There's a generation of kids now watching the way these guys are carrying on, and they're loving it. There's a generation of older people watching this, you know, thinking what what are these guys doing? But you look at sport around the world. This is the future of sport. So, now very exciting times. They're the uh, they're the new wave. The Penrith Panthers. It's good to see. Sure. And, and we've touched them a little there, but To'o and then Edwards as well got through a mountain of work, particularly in their own end, working the Panthers out of trouble. Did this highlight 
just how underrated and underappreciated a guy like Edwards is to many rugby league fans who he often cops criticism unfairly for being the ghost even but man he, he adds a lot to that team and they really miss him when he's not there Mate, we, we keep having this same conversation, don't we? We, uh, we underrate Dylan Edwards. Uh, and when he's not playing, Stephen Crichton steps in and he's got all this X factor, all this upside. And we say, how good is he? He's got to be the fullback. And then Dylan Edwards, every time he comes back, you sit back and you go, oh, that's right. No, he's actually a gun. He just doesn't have the high-end abilities of these guys. And I reckon we'll be having the same conversation in a year's time. If Dylan Edwards is out for three weeks, Stephen Crichton will come in. He'll score three or four tries. We'll go, wow, look at the upside on him. But when it comes to those big games, those pressure moments, Dylan Edwards, mate, I, I cannot remember a mistake that he's made in a big moment in his entire career. I can't remember a time where he's missed his assignment for the Penrith Panthers when he hasn't been in the right spot at the right time. He is... It's unfortunate for Dylan Edwards that he's coming in in what I call the golden era of fullbacks. Like, you look at the fullbacks at the moment and they are just unbelievable. And this guy, he never makes a mistake. He makes less mistakes than anyone in, in the NRL for me. No one talks about him. It's unreal. Uh... But yeah, it's obvious that, you know, as good as Stephen Crichton is, Dylan Edwards, as soon as he's fit, Ivan Cleary puts him straight back in there, and I don't think he has any second thoughts about it. If Dylan, Dylan Edwards is available, he's the one for the Penrith Panthers, and I think that's the ultimate compliment to him, mate. I When, when I look through that Panthers lineup, I, I like I always think, oh, Stephen Crichton, he's more talented. Matty Burton, he's more talented. He'd probably be a better fullback. Yeah. But Dill just does the job every week, and you can't deny that. Agreed, agreed. And then, so for the Storm, they bow out in the prelims. We're so used to seeing this side in the final that not making the grand final almost seems like a failure for them, which is just a testament to how successful they've been. So going into the finals, they were the clear favourites to win it. So how do you sort of sum up their season? Oh, mate, it's unbelievable that they, 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 they literally saved their worst performance for the biggest game. Uh, I can't I can't believe how it played out to be perfectly honest with you and I know people are saying oh Melbourne just played badly but mate Penrith put them under so much pressure consistently for that entire game I don't think people are giving Penrith the credit they deserve for that performance um, and you know it's happened a couple of times over the last few years you know you look back at that 2018 grand final against the Roosters mate Melbourne played their worst game of their season by a country mile that night they did the same thing here it is a bit of a worry. I, you know, I was listening to the Matty Johns podcast last week and Cooper Cronk on, and they spoke about how good Melbourne was, how they're going to win, what they're going to do, blah blah blah. It went on for like ten minutes, and then at the very end, Matty Johns, the last thing he said to him was something along the lines of, "We've been here before. We thought you guys were going to win the premiership hands down, and then all of a sudden you just somehow lose, and we're and we're all puzzled. How does that happen?" And you could hear in Cooper's voice that he was thinking back to some of those games where that had happened, like that night against the Warriors in 2011 where Sean Johnson cut him up. He yeah. just had no answer. It, it, like yeah. it, It's like these games happen and they don't know themselves. And when I was watching Craig Bellamy in that press conference the other day, he had no idea what had gone on there. I don't think he saw this coming in any way, shape or form. Uh, I'm the biggest Harry Grant fan in the world. That was the worst game of football I've seen Harry Grant play in four years. Like, I watched him come through Queensland Cup. I've never seen him. The, the amount of times they won the ruck and there was one marker and he took off and he got one-on-one tackled by the marker of the Penrith Panthers, you never see that with Harry. Never, ever. Cam Munster, it was like he was a passenger out there, you know. There, there was one play where Cam Munster kicked the ball dead from about his own 15. He sort of went for a, a chip kick when they were on the front foot and you could just tell it just wasn't the Melbourne Storm that we're used to. Uh, George Jennings, he, he obviously dropped that pass for an easy try there. 
It, it was a surreal thing to watch. And every time Penrith made a mistake, you know, Nathan Cleary, he kicked the ball out on the full with like 25 minutes to go. And I thought, oh, there we go. That's going to be it. Just kept feeling like Melbourne were about to score, about to score. They ended up scoring through the luckiest try I think I've ever seen the Melbourne Storm score. Cameron Munster almost missed his, missed his foot with the ball. Um, yeah, it was surreal, mate. Credit to the Penrith Panthers, 100%. Melbourne wasn't their best game, but I, I think that comes off the back of the, of the pressure that the Panthers put on them. And that leads us, of course, to the big one on Sunday. And boy, it's going to be an absolute beauty. Penrith looking to break an 18-year drought, win their third ever premiership, while Souths looking to win only their second title in the past 50 years. Some great storylines there. You've got Benji in his second grand final. Reynolds looking to leave on a high. Bennett and Cleary round two. What storylines are you most excited for about this week, Brian? Mate, I, I actually sat down last night and did a podcast on the storylines, and I thought, oh, I'll just go through the pod, you know, the storylines for each team. And I got through the Panthers one. And I looked up, and I'd been talking for twenty-five minutes. I thought to myself, no, nah, I, I can't do Rabbitohs. I have to call it here. I'll have to do them separate because the Rabbitohs one went for about thirty minutes. Like yeah, the storylines yeah. coming out of this game are unbelievable for for the Penrith Panthers I just love that you know as they say these are the guys from the area they represent who Penrith are you've obviously got you know the history of the grand finals we've we've spoken all year about the 1990 grand final the Penrith Panthers they took on the Canberra Raiders they got done there they came back in 91 and beat the Canberra Raiders I mean the Melbourne Storm they're the modern day Canberra Raiders and they got beaten in the grand final they've beaten them in a prelim not the way we expected it to happen but they've knocked them over um, you know, you look back to the 1990 grand final, there's a famous story that the boys are getting ready for the game. And on the Tuesday or Wednesday night, uh, obviously all these young Penrith boys, they, they got on the drink in their hotel room and Phil Gould kicked the door open and said the famous words, you've just lost this grand final. And then I was talking to Isaac John the other day and he reckons the exact same thing happened last year. Ivan Cleary opened a door and there was a heap of the boys drinking and carrying on in a hotel room on a Wednesday night. And he said the same thing to him. So... The narratives are unbelievable. Um, I think my favourite storyline with the Penrith Panthers is that uh, the 1991 grand final, the best guy on the field, uh, that was Roycey Simmons. He scored two tries. Yes, fast forward to 2003. They had one player in their team who had won a premiership before. It was Luke Prittis. He got the Clive Churchill medal. You fast forward to 2021. They've got one player on the field who's won a premiership before. It's Happy Curacao. It's the hooker once again. So... If he manages to win a Clive Churchill, fuck, what a storyline, mate. That would be unbelievable. Yeah, huge, huge moment, for sure. And, and on the Penrith boys, boys have really been suffocating teams with their defence. Only conceded six points, points against both points Para, Para and the Storm. Are there any particular areas of their D that you themselves are to expose? Because they do have their tactics. Well, mate, you'd have to assume that the South Sydney Rabbitohs are going to try and go down that left edge. That's been their strongest side uh, the entire season. But, uh, mate, I, I was watching that Penrith Panthers defense against the Melbourne Storm, and no one's better at executing or finding your weaknesses. And, mate, the Melbourne Storm, they look like, to me, they had no answer. The amount of times that the ball would go to Jerome Hughes and Munster would be on the other side of the field with his hands in the air, or the amount of times it would go to Munster and Hughes to put his hands in the air, you could just tell they were in disarray. And I think the fact that they scored that try where Munster put in the worst kick I think I've ever seen to lead to a try, I think it just shows they were out of ideas, mate. They were just... I, it, it's going to take a smarter man than me to work out how to get through this Penrith defence. Uh, Wayne Bennett, he might be that guy, though, mate. Yeah, shit. He's, he's pretty handy at his job. He's a good man to have at the helm, for sure. 
And uh, South's forward pack, they've really impressed me the past few weeks. It seems like they've taken their game up another notch, really dominating through the middle. But then on the other side, Penrith, boy, do they have the cattle to shut that done down. So who do you reckon will win the battle in the middle, Ryan? And I, I want to say Penrith, but, I mean, on paper you would have to go with the Panthers. But Wayne Bennett, yeah. been doing this for 40 years. He just gets the absolute best out of every forward pack that he's ever had in front of him. He's done it for the last two years. I remember sitting there at the start of last season and saying, geez, with this pack, I don't know if South Sydney can make the top eight. They finished in the top four and were one of the best packs in the competition. They always just punched so far above their weight. And now they're in a grand final with the coach that has shown that he's the number one guy in rugby league ever for getting guys up for a contest. So hard to push back against the Panthers, uh, the South Sydney pack. I sort of think these packs, they might negate each other a little bit. I think it'll be very even. Uh, The Isaiah Yo-Cam Murray battle... Mate, I'm harder than a cat's head looking forward to this one. It's going to be sensational. I love watching these two play footy. Two very different lock forwards, uh, but just both are perfect for their football team. I probably will probably touch on it, but I I think this one will be one in the backs realistically. I think the forwards will sort of negate each other, and then it's just who can take advantage of uh, the platform that their pack's going to lay for them. I, uh, I actually had the other key area as the halves, which I'm sure many people will do. You've got the young New South Wales combo, Cleary and Luai, up against the other informed pairing from this year, you'd have to say, and Reynolds and Walker. I personally can't wait to see Luai and Walker go at it head-to-head off the ball as well, two massive competitors. So who do you think has the upper hand leading into this match? And I, I, I can't split these two. The, the, the thing about Cody Walker, and I think people forget sometimes, you know, he obviously played a lot of footy before he debuted. He was 26, 27 before he made his debut. He was in the Queensland Cup playing for the East Tigers up there for a long time. And the one thing that everyone was saying about Cody Walker when he arrived at the Rabbitohs is that he can't handle big stages. Um, and he showed that in the Queensland Cup for a number of years. And if you believe the narrative, apparently when Wayne Bennett arrived, this is one of the first things he did when he arrived. He pulled Cody Walker aside and spoke to him about essentially this this stink that he had on him that he couldn't handle the big games and this is a massive week for Cody Walker because he needs he needs to de- deliver in, in this game to end that rumour, essentially. And for South Sydney moving forward, I think Cody Walker needs to show in this game that he's the guy because Reynolds isn't going to be there next year. This is his footy team next year. Uh, I, I think this is a massive game in the career of Cody Walker. He's obviously played Origin, did, did reasonably well, but obviously didn't reach the heights that he has at club level. Uh, he's been incredible this year. We've seen him in a couple of big games go, go a little bit quiet realistically against your Melbourne Storm, your Penrith Panthers, these sort of sides. Uh, so a massive test for Cody. Jerome, I just love the way Jerome goes about his footy, mate. He's got the worst memory in the world. He could make 10 mistakes and still dance on the on the, on the 11th one he gets right. And I love footballers like that. They're the most dangerous guys. And I think it'll be something South Sydney will be aware of with Jerome. When you rush up on him and the play breaks down, all of a sudden he's the most dangerous guy on the field. When Jerome has to, he, he, he reminds me, and I, I know people blow up with the comparison, but he reminds me of Darren Lockyer a little bit, the way that when you used to rush up on Lockyer and like he'd be going to the left edge and you'd rush up and he'd spin and he'd have to come back the other way, all of a sudden he just becomes lethal because he's playing backyard footy and that's where he's at his most dangerous. And I think that's the most exciting thing about these two. Cody Walker and Jerome Lloyd, they're probably the two best backyard footballers in rugby league. And one of them is going to really own a big moment in this game that's going to matter. I'm not sure which one of them it's going to be, to be honest with you, mate, but one of them is going to have a moment that I think is going to decide this grand final. You know what you're going to get out of Cleary. You know what you're going to get out of Reynolds. 
X factor of one of these two sixes, though. They, they, they probably decide this game, and it'll be down that left edge. They've obviously got so many strike weapons on, on both left edges, and it comes down to these guys to deliver that big play. They're both capable of doing it. Um, yeah, super excited for this one, mate. It probably is. I'm really excited for the 13s and the halfbacks, but just entertainment value, I think this is the matchup, isn't it? Sure. And then, of course, we've got the what I touched on before, the, the farewell possibly for Benji. And being a Kiwi myself, obviously he's regarded as one of the best Kiwi players to ever lace up the boots. How good would it see? How good would it be to see Benji leave with another ring? And I, uh, it would be unbelievable. I, you know, it, it, even Roosters fans, you would have to be going for South Sydney to some extent just to see Benji Marshall go out a winner. I think he's just. He's one of those guys that it doesn't matter who you go for, who you support, you've got to love this guy. Uh, he has just been such a fantastic person to have in our game. He's been an unreal player, obviously. Uh, he's achieved so much. He's he's changed the game probably two or three times, realistically, between the step, the flick, the way that he's matured his game. I mean, th- this is a guy that uh, you, you, you couldn't trust Benji Marshall in big moments for a long time there because he didn't he didn't know how to do what what like an Adam Reynolds is able to do and he just transitioned his career completely. Uh, obviously, he had to leave the West Tigers last year, which you know I think everyone outside of Leichhardt thought, "What on earth are you doing? How can you possibly let this guy go?" And then he, he, hearing Wayne Bennett talk the other day about him receiving a phone call from Benji and Benji essentially saying, "I want to come there. I think he can win a comp." And Wayne saying, hold on, let me go and ring Cody and Adam. Imagine Cody and Adam getting that phone call and going, hey, one of the best halves ever wants to come and play with us. You think, and straight away they both go, yeah, we're, we're a better footy team with him in this side, with him in this system. It's uh, it's an unbelievable narrative, mate. And if, if you hate South Sydney more than anything in the world, I don't think you can hate Benji Marshall still. I think it's just impossible not to like, not, not to hate this guy. And I mean, mate, as, as devastated as the Panthers players would be, you know, a lot of these young guys, this is the guy that they've idolized growing up. He was there, like, he, they're, all these guys are around our age. Like, bro, Benji was the guy when we were young. I imagine for you being a Kiwi as well. Like, fuck, for, for me as an Aussie, he was the guy. For you guys, it, it must just have taken him to another level. Yeah, he was a god over here for sure. Right, it's only right that we get to the, the big question of, of this podcast your prediction on the game, mate. How will it play out? Who do you have winning the 2021 Premiership? Uh, mate, I, I am so torn. I, I, I honestly, I don't have an answer written down for you, to be honest with you. I think that defense has always been so important. Um, and then I sort of thought at the, you know, halfway through this year, the amount of points that were being scored, it sort of made me think, oh, maybe attack is the most important thing. Maybe rugby league's becoming like every other sport in the world. The NFL, basketball, offense is the most important thing now. But, mate, after, after sitting here and watching the Panthers for the last three weeks... I'm sorry, is defense not still the most important thing? It's um they've 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 just rewritten the narrative and taken it back to what rugby league used to be in a time where teams should be scoring minimum twenty points. It should be happening. And a lot of people messaged me during the week and said, Oh, the referees changed in finals, but it's like, oh well of course they did. Like it, the referees have changed in finals in every sport forever. They're less likely to make big calls. It's just the way it goes. And I think that that's sort of plays into the hands of the Penrith Panthers a little bit. I think this one will be a close one. Um, mate, honestly, I, I feel bad coming on your podcast and not being able to give you a prediction, <laughs> but I, I honestly don't know. I'm probably leaning towards the defense of the Penrith Panthers. I also want to see, you know, which of these guys actually play. 
There's a big cloud around Tavita Pangai Jr. I think he, the, the Penrith Panthers are going to need him in this game if they're going to win. Um, Adam Reynolds, I mean, if something happens that Adam Reynolds doesn't play in this game, oh, mate, I, I, I think I've got to take the Panthers in a landslide yeah, realistically. Um, so a lot of water to go on the bridge, mate. But, uh, mate, I, I honestly, I, I, I want to say Panthers just for their defense, but I'm, I'm so far from confident on it. It's not even funny. I, I think I might wait a little bit later in the week, see how it plays out, see the teams that are named, and, um, yeah, go from there. But, mate, I, I'm, as, as much as I, I'd love to give you a tip, I'm so happy that I've got no idea. It just shows how good this game's going to be. And I think anyone that tells you who's going to win, I don't think they're confident. I don't think you could possibly be confident knowing how this game's going to play out. No one expected either of them to be there three weeks ago, realistically. It's uh, insane, mate. Bloody exciting. You love that when you don't know who's going to get it. And then, look, who who wins the Clive Churchill medal for you as well? One from each team. So say Souths get up, Penrith get up. Who do you reckon will be the man of the match for each? I, I will be having a bit of money on Appy Curacao, without a doubt. I, I'm a big believer in historical narratives yeah. and rugby league. No one produces them better than rugby league. So Appy, I'm not sure what he's at. I haven't had a look at it yet. I had most of my money invested in... Um, Harry Grant, so that was a nice donation to Sportsbet. Uh, but Appy, I'll definitely be having a look at him. You, you know, I, I think if it's a close game, Nathan Cleary'd have to be up there. Um, you know, James Jarris, Isaiah Yos, those sort of fellas. Uh, for South Sydney, I, th- I, I think Reynolds. I think the narrative of him leaving will help. I think that. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Whether we like it or not, narrative definitely helps with, with deciding these things. I've, um, I've always thought that in 2014, Adam Reynolds probably was the best player on the field, to be honest with you. But I think the narrative of Sam Burgess got him across the line. Not saying that Sam didn't deserve it. He had an unreal game. But I think the narrative definitely helped. I think that if Sam if Sam doesn't injure himself on the first tackle and play through the 80 minutes, which I know is a, is a massive thing. I'm not understating that. I probably think Adam Reynolds is the man of the match in the 2014 grand final. And... Reynolds, he's a competitor. I, I I think in the back of his mind, he would have always known that. And I think he'll be keen as to leave South Sydney as a premiership, a two-time premiership winner and a Clive Churchill medalist. So Reynolds, he'll be my tip from the Rabbitohs. Hopefully he can kick this week. Um, yeah. Penrith, I'll probably go Appy Curacao, mate. But uh, yeah, Cam Murray's another one from South Sydney I, I'd keep a close eye on. Uh, the vast majority of guys that win Clives tend to be spine players. Um, I, I can't see Edwards or Blake Taft getting it. I just think there's too many other bigger names in both teams that if one of them, if one of those guys is to be the best player on the field, I think that you know a Reynolds or a Cleary or a Luar or a Walker will be close enough to them to probably get it over them. Um, but it, mate, if it's if it's a game like we've seen from the Panthers the last few weeks where it's a close battle. I think James Fisher Harris and Cam Murray would have to be right up there. So I, I. I you probably should have asked me who's not going to win it. That would have been helpful. But um, <laughs> but it's just one of those games, mate, that I've got no idea how this is going to play out. I'm so excited. I feel like an idiot sitting behind a microphone for a whole week talking about something. I've got no idea how it's going to play out, but they're the best grand finals. 
Absolutely. That's finals footy at its best. And then last but not least, I can't let you go without asking this. Being a Warriors tragic, how do you think the Warriors will go in 2022, mate? Because I have them winning the grand final comfortably. Of course you do. (laughs) No, mate, I'm actually... (laughs) I'm actually really excited about the Warriors, mate. I think they've recruited really well. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Nick Arima and Chanel Harris-Tavita. Um... (laughs) From what I've gathered, uh, three weeks ago, they were keeping both of them without a doubt. From when, when I spoke to Peter O'Sullivan, neither was leaving. And then it seems like a lot has changed over the last three weeks. Sean O'Sullivan's obviously left as well. So, yeah, and there's so many clubs out there that, that need a halfback. I mean, if I'm the Canberra Raiders and I can get Chanel or I can get Cody, mate, here's a blank check. Over you come. So I think keeping at least one of those guys is going to be really important um, you know, you obviously have Sean Johnson at halfback. I love the forward pack, Adam Fanua Blake, Matty Lodge. Um, you get Tohu Harris back, which is going to be massive. Yeah. Um, Reese Walsh, I'm, I absolutely love Reese Walsh. Gotten a bit of Barney Rubble the other night, but um, I mean, yeah, who wouldn't at that age with all that oh, money? Oh, oh, playoffs, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, like it's it, it's not ideal. Don't get me wrong, but it's uh, it's also, I mean, name me a great player that hasn't been in trouble at some point, and I mean. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he, for, for, for me, when I look at that situation, he wasn't harming anyone else. He was doing the wrong thing himself, 100%. He's copped that on the chin. He's got in front of the camera. He's owned it. Um, but he wasn't harming anyone else, you know. So just a young bloke making a stupid mistake. And exactly. I yeah. just you, – you can tell by the way that Reese Walsh plays his football, he lives life on the edge. You can tell that he runs his own race, he does his own thing, which is unreal for his rugby league. And I, I think he's going to be a superstar of the future. I'm so excited to see where this career goes. For how young he is and how when the game's on the line, he always wants the ball in his hands. He, he's the same sort of sort of guy as Jerome Luai. He can make 10 mistakes and, he, and he's forgotten about them. He's ready to make the 11th, but he's trying to win the game for the footy side. So, mate, I, I give you a really good hope to finish in the top eight next year. I'd love to see you back in New Zealand. I don't know if it's going to happen next year or not. Fingers crossed it is. If it does, mate, you've got to be super excited, don't you? Big time. And look, hope, even if we could get one game like that Bulldogs game that was meant to come this year, unfortunately, the bubble closed yeah. just as that was about to happen. But man, I'd love to see Mount Smart packed, Walsh and SJ together. That would be unreal. Well, that's the thing, mate. Like you've, for, for the first time since the early 2000s, I look at your side and you've got, you've got a superstar electric fullback, you've got a superstar electric seven, and you've got a big forward pack. Like, this is what the New Zealand Warriors were born and bred on. This is what the New Zealand Warriors should look like. People have spoken about for the last 15 years, oh, they're big forward pack. You haven't had a big forward pack. You haven't had a Matt Lodger and Adam Fanua Blake. Like, it's it's exciting times at the Warriors. I feel like for years we've all felt like they're, they're trying to be the Melbourne Storm instead of trying to be the New Zealand Warriors. And it seems to me at the moment they're owning who they are. And that's where the best narratives come from, mate. And that's when the Warriors have been successful they've been successful because they've been throwing the ball around with Stacey Jones, with Sean Johnson. This is where the Warriors excite me. They're definitely moving the needle in the right direction, mate. I don't know if they'll win the comp, but I guarantee you I'll be watching them every weekend, you know? I'll take that as we're winning the comp. That was enough for me. Uh, Cheers for jumping on the show, mate. Been a pleasure to have a yarn with you. Been loving your content, especially the Instagram lives and the podcast. So make sure to tune in if you haven't already, but... Thanks again, bro, and enjoy the game on Sunday. should be an absolute beauty. Thanks, brother. Thank you for having me on. I really did enjoy myself. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to a big grand final week, and hopefully your Warriors, they can do well for you next year, brother. Absolutely. Cheers, mate.
So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.